welcome welcome we're going nighttime live session this time <laughs> this 7 PM, mixing evening. it up mix it up a little bit how's it going drop in the chat the number one thing that's already changed about your riding from ship 30 so far we're 11 days in 12 days in and i want to see what you got what what are the big changes you're seeing let's see it's always getting faster yeah, I know. I, I wrote a thread today. No, I went from, I was making my pour over coffee. Came to me, I said, I wasn't feeling great either. Didn't plan on writing that morning. And idea came to me, full idea, fleshed out from, from nothing to publish thread in 40 minutes. And one of my favorite things I've ever written. Boom. Like clarity on my end. I'm excited to dig into that. If you guys haven't checked that thread out, I think it's super relevant for a lot of people. Uh, in ship 30 we're going to turn it into a module probably stick it in week three or four of the curriculum um put a little video to it because i think it's super helpful for getting creative credibility as a beginner which i think is one of the biggest things yep it's funny the days you don't want to write are always the days you end up doing some of your best writing agreed agreed and it's all about having that just creative forcing function of uh I knew I could sit down and churn one out, right? Didn't have to worry about yeah. where I was going. Pour over coffee does lead to epic threads. I've been on a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm officially a bottomless influencer. I don't know if anyone's seen the bottomless coffee company, but uh, they're sending me a bunch of free coffee and they're like, you gotta do it in a pour over. And uh, so I got, I got a pour over, I'm doing it every morning. It takes like 15 minutes relative to like the fast coffee I used to. But the taste is so much better. So much, it's crisp, it's crisp. It's so it's nice. Crisp. So maybe we'll do we'll do a, a standalone on that. All right, let's go for it. Boom. All right. <clears throat> okay, a couple quick logistics. Um, first, we sent everyone an email with a link to a survey. That survey is just a little check-in. We're going to be sending two more throughout this cohort uh, next week, asking a little bit about your writing goals, and then during the last week, kind of figuring out what your next steps are going to be, some of the paths you can take, um, current struggles you're still having, et cetera, so we can make sure we're getting you all the right information. But today's is a little bit of a check-in, just how things are going, any unanswered questions. If you've written anything that you feel super proud of, we ask you to send a link to us, and we just ask for general feedback. We're always trying to improve. So if you fill that out, you get, um, at the end of the survey, a link to – <clears throat> some really cool new TypeShare templates that I'm excited to dive into culture together today that are really plug and play versions of some of the most popular essays. Cole's written just simple frameworks that can apply to anyone. So you'll also get, we meant to do this at the very beginning of the cohort, but had some uh, backend logistics to work out, but everyone will have free access to TypeShare expert to dive into the analytics because we're going to cover some of them in the fourth week. So we want to make sure anyone who wants analytics gets to use them and play around with them and kind of see, look for signals in their writing and things like that. So all that is at the end of the survey. It um, Survey was not due today. That's a different one. Um, Amanda, we'll send you a different thing for that. But that, that was a membership survey. But the um, second thing, opt-in partner matching, that is going well. If you haven't opted in, we send those on Monday. Um, it's just another way to meet other shippers, kind of keep growing in the community, meeting new people. Obviously, you can always reach out to anyone anytime and check out the membership directory or the uh, Ship30 directory that's in 
somewhere week or day three of onboarding, if you want to dig into that. And then lastly, same things as always, keep diving into the curriculum. There's some good stuff in there this week. We'll have some new modules out there next week. Share your learnings. I'm already looking forward to Kristen's notes on this one and anyone else who puts together some sketch notes. And then I, I already touched on it, but be on the lookout for another survey either Sunday or Tuesday uh, coming up. So, and then yeah, Friday's live session, same time, 1230 Eastern is normal. Anything else, Cole? I think that's it. I mean, man, I know, I know we're throwing a lot at you, but it's all good stuff. It's all there for you. Um, the templates are there for you to play with, you know, partner matching is there for you if you want to take advantage of it. Um, but yeah, it's your ship 30 experience, make it, make it whatever you want. Um, the goals for this session, just to kind of plant the seed is this is a rabbit hole. I mean, if you're, if you're listening and showing up live to the, the headline session today, um, there is so much here at personally, I think it is one of our most valuable sessions because headlines really do inform everything that you write. Um, it's applicable to all forms of writing, but for today, what we're going to do is workshop just two of the headlines that everyone has. So if you go through, you know, you have your social blog pulled up your, your library. If there's two headlines that stand out to you, maybe you thought that they were really great and you want to know how to make them better. Uh, or you wrote these headlines and you thought, eh, these fell flat and I don't really know why. Uh, pick two of them. We're going to go through, uh, kind of walk through a bunch of different frameworks and ways to think about writing headlines. Uh, throughout, we're going to kind of prompt some, you know, take take these learnings and now give this a rewrite on your own <clears> if you can. And then at the very end, we're going to do some breakout rooms so that you can workshop your new and improved headlines with other shippers as well. So this is a big zero to one session. This is like there's life before this session and there's life after this session. Yep. So, okay, let's do it. Grab two of your atomic essays and drop one of the headlines in the chat. And we're going to start. You're going to see where you're here. We're going to get you here and we're going to show you the bridge to get there. So I'm going to read them out loud and just kind of get a sense for where we're at. Don't make kids learn coding. Oh, I need glasses. Um, hold on. Why I write everything by hand? Quit. Good. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to wait till they slow down. 10 reasons Fang engineers need an agent for the next deal. Boom. That's an excellent one. Why I wear a camera every day. Very good. <clears throat> a lot of good ones in here. I'm going to see if I can pick on any that are going to be prime rewrites for us. Don't make kids learn coding. How to fail at a writer's retreat. How Canva became. These are all pretty good. How to shred your to-do list. Three things I learned switching sports mid-career. Four life lessons from a budgeting app. Good. Okay, cool. So everyone should have two of them. New York has 12 seasons. We'll get in. I think that one could be um, part of our first framework. Some businesses will never make money. Awesome. Okay, so you can see um, everyone's kind of got their own. And that's good because what we're about to dive into, I don't think you, like Cole said, you can't see the writing world the same way. So let's do, let's do it. Awesome. Okay. So I'm reading through all these headlines in the chat. There are some, there are some there that are almost, there are some there that we've got a little work to do. So we're going to start from the beginning. Um, even if you've been writing for a very long time, I really, really encourage you to 
you know, put your beginner hat back on, go back to the very beginning and kind of think through how, how are you, how are you approaching the headline process? So every single headline, the purpose of a headline is to answer three questions for the reader. And we don't talk about this very often in, in the realm of publishing, but really how readers decide what they want to read happens on a very subconscious level. And subconsciously, when they, when they look at a headline, you know, when you're scrolling through the news, you're scrolling through your newsfeed, uh, your friend sends you an article and is like, you have to read this, whatever it is, right? You read the headline and you're asking yourself three questions. The three questions are, what is this about? Who is this for? And why should I read it? What, what am I going to get in exchange for reading it? If your headline does not answer all three of these questions, there's room for improvement. And the reason is because if you aren't answering these questions for the reader, there's, there's a rule that we love sharing with people, okay? If the reader is confused, the reader is gone. That is like the North Star for everything. And I remember I was studying writing in college and I remember we would read our stories out loud in this like workshop setting. And so many times, you know, someone would get like three pages into their story and the teacher would stop them and be like, hey, like, when does the story pick up? You know, and they're like, oh, no, no, don't worry. Like by like page four or five, like it gets better. And the, and the teacher would be like, no, then cut everything up to that point, right? You, you can't assume that the reader is going to make it that far. Okay. And that is also true for headlines. You can't assume, oh, no, the headline doesn't really make sense. But if they click and they start reading it, then they'll get it. Right. If confused, the reader's gone. So everything that we talk about is going to be about answering these three questions. So let's look at the pieces of a headline. How you answer these three questions comes down to how do you align all these different pieces? And the different pieces are, I've underlined them here. You know, you've got how many, if you see a number, it's very obvious, right? How many reasons? There's nine reasons. If there's no number, it's an invisible one, right? We're just talking about one idea. We're talking about one general thing. Then it's the what, right? What are we talking about? Are they reasons? Are they mistakes? Are they tips? Are they lessons? Are they memories? What is the thing? Who is it for, right? We can name the audience, okay? So this is four writers, right? Or nine reasons, project managers, or nine reasons, real estate agents. So think about whoever it is that you're writing for is the who. And then you have the feeling, right? We need to tell the reader, okay, so where is this going, right? What's the story arc? Okay, well, he, writers are suffering, Ah, I want to read about writers suffering. Okay, great. You've got me. I'm, I'm going to click, right? So you got to tell the reader how to feel about it. And then you need to tell them what the outcome is. What do they get in return for reading? So here, in return for reading, you will learn the nine reasons writers suffer from writer's block and give up writing forever. And if you're a writer who may or may not be struggling with writer's block, and it may or may not be thinking about giving up writing forever. If you read this, you will know the answer to that question, right? That's a, that's a powerful draw. And so if you don't tell the reader what they get in exchange, it's kind of like going up to a restaurant and going, I'm here to spend $10. And the chef goes, great. We'll see what comes out of the kitchen. 
you don't want to do that, right? Like you want to go and you go, I'll spend $10 because I want a burger. And they go, I will give you a burger, right? You don't want to go spend $10 and they go, well, uh, the chef gave me, you know, a bunch of onion rings and some octopus. And that's what you're having for dinner, right? You don't want that. So part of the problem where writers go wrong is they, they say like, okay, this is what it's about. Or they say who it's for, but then they don't remember that last piece of you got your, I'm asking you to spend hours, minutes, seconds of your life reading my work. Okay. So that's a big ask. So if I want you to read my work and I want you to give me one minute of your life that you can never have back, you better know what you're getting in return. Dickie, anything you want to add? No, to me, headlines are this thing where <clears throat> once you come up with a framework for writing them, they become the lens through which you write everything. So once you have a understanding of how to go about crafting a headline, you start to think in headlines. And what that does is force you to only come up with ideas that you know you could concisely explain the value proposition of with a headline. So you want to think about it as this almost meta framework for I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to become a better writer, not only because I'm going to write clear headlines that clearly target a reader this, and, and lay out the problem that I'm solving, but also I'm going to become a better writer because they lead to ideas. I used to sit down and think, and Cole, you say this all the time, the headline was what came last. The headline was, you know, whatever I put together is going to be great content. People are going to love it. And then oh, I just got to kind of throw something up top there. And then I don't know which copywriter said it, but 90% of people don't read past the headline on whatever they end up reading. Mm -hmm. So this idea of one, investing the time in doing it, we'll talk a little bit about some of the common pushbacks. Like I think this is clickbait or I don't want to come off as clickbait or, you know, kind of the ego driven thing of I shouldn't have to write a, a, a headline like this. People should want to read anyway. So these are all just things to think about, but I, I just want to stress how, much clarity can writing clear headlines can add to your own writing process. Something that's a great point. And I see in the, the chat, um, uh, Benoit asking about, you know, can I just keep the content the same and then just change the headline? Right. And the reason that I advocate and I kind of push against this way of thinking is it, it trains the mind to think that the headline is just a trick just a magic trick. If I just get the headline right, then I've tricked people and I just get them to click, right? And that's not really what we're saying. And I want to illustrate this point by notice, notice how much this headline changes if you tweak one part of it, okay? So if I change the who, right? And I go nine reasons English teachers suffer from writer's block and give up writing forever. It's a completely different essay. If I change the promise and I go nine reasons writers suffer from writer's block and end up uh, pursuing a job in technology instead, completely changes the essay, right? It's not just the headline that changes. It, it fundamentally changes the content. It changes what you're saying. So the goal isn't I'm just trying to be clever to get someone's attention and then click and the, oop, I did the right I got the right combination of words and then they read my essay. The, the whole idea here is to make the headline a concise, potent version of exactly what is included in the content. 
And that's, that's why we encourage, it's like, you have to think of both at the same time. So I see some other questions. Don't worry. We're going to get through tons of examples. Um, here's another great one, right? Seven tips for artists struggling to be creative. Okay. A, a very common thing, a common mistake that writers would make is they would title this seven tips for artists. Well, that's why there's a line down the middle, right? Because there's a, you have to create this gap. There's this A part and this B part. If you say seven tips for artists, the reader goes, okay, right? Okay. I don't, what does that mean for me? What's the outcome, right? So this is another great rule, right? Is like, if that reader reads your headline and their internal dialogue is okay, that, that isn't enough, right? So if you write your headline and that's how you feel, that's how the reader's gonna feel as well. It looks like <clears throat> just a framework to keep in mind here is that as a digital writer, your competition is TikTok and Netflix, right? And you need to very clearly tell the reader, here is what you are getting. Otherwise they have a million other things to dive into. And so this can, uh, I want to just, if you're, if you're reading this and seeing this and you feel like, eh, like a little uncomfortable at the idea of doing this, I resonate with that because in the beginning I thought so too. And I've trained myself now to recognize that my headline is doing a favor for everyone who reads my content. It is giving them the choice of, is this for me or not for me? And in fact, clear headlines are saving your reader's time. It's almost empathetic in a sense where the more specific you can be of what you're sharing and the better you can articulate it, every reader is going to come across it. Instead of being confused, they understand it's not for them, right? If you write a, a vague headline and this is the first principle of if the reader is confused, they're gone. But if the reader knows it's not for them and they make the active choice to move on, that is a good thing. And I talked about this today, writing for everyone is writing for no one. So you want to force the reader to make a choice somehow. And we'll talk uh, through some frameworks on doing that. Yeah. Your competition is not other essays. Your competition is everything. It is life itself. Life is a distraction, right? Here's, here's another, uh, you know, I saw the question, what does a headline look like without numbers? Okay. The big mistake managers make you can see this is a, it's a broken headline, right? It's, it's half finished. And it's one of those things where at, once you start to see the puzzle pieces, you go, oh, I understand now what this headline is missing, right? The headline changes if we add in an outcome or we add in a promise, right? The big mistake managers make when hiring people, the big mistake managers make when trying to scale an organization, the big mistake managers make, right? Whatever you change that outcome to is going to change the way that the headline is interpreted and internalized. And I just, just to speak, Dickie, you brought it up and I think it's a really important point, right? The, the pushback we always hear, at, it's universal every time, right? Is I don't want to write clickbait. This seems like clickbait, okay? The only time any reader calls anything clickbait is when the content doesn't deliver on the promise of the headline. That is it, okay? If you read a headline- Go ahead and repeat on... that, Cole, because I think that this, that is, if you can take one thing away from this session, that is it. Yeah, it's your, your content has to deliver 
on the promise of your headline. And uh, an amazing example is uh, the Naval tweet that went just insanely viral on Twitter, how to get rich without getting lucky. If there was ever a headline to be called clickbait, that would be it, right? <clears throat> is like, this sounds like some Buzzfeed tricky. You're just trying to get my attention, right? And what happened? Well, the content delivered on the, on the promise of the headline in a legendary way. It's like one of the most read threads on Twitter ever. And it's shared by a, a zillion people and it spawned businesses. And it like, it, it changed the internet. And that's because the content delivered on the promise of the headline. So just because you're, you're looking at the format of it and you're like, oh, there's a number in front, it's clickbait. Oh, you're, you're mentioning an outcome, that's clickbait. No, that's not what clickbait is. Clickbait is when you try and get the reader to pay attention and then your content goes, the headline, three, three ways to improve as a writer, content. Number one, you gotta try. Number two, you gotta give it your all. And number three, you gotta not give up, right? The reader goes, you tricked me. That's clickbait. Yeah, no, <clears throat> the Naval example is so good because there are zero people on earth that call that clickbait, zero. And that is potentially the most clickbait headline ever written in terms of what people think clickbait is. So no, very, very good point there. Just a lot, a lot to jam on. And here, here, just furthering the example, right? If you start adding in the other pieces, all of a sudden this headline gains so much more substance, right? You go from the big mistake managers make to the big mistake managers make when trying to prove they're the boss. It's not even that you're trying to like pull one over on the reader. You're just trying to tell the reader, this is what you're going to get. Okay. You're going to get a cheeseburger with fries and a chocolate shake. That's what you're going to get as opposed to you're going to get a mystery bag, maybe some chicken nuggets, and who knows what flavor the shake's going to be, right? That's what you're trying to avoid. So one of the biggest things, and we're going to go in, into this a little bit uh, further in, is it's this you're constantly balancing this clever versus clear idea. You're always trying to be clear. You just want to tell the reader what they're about to read. Um, just also, so everyone knows, uh, this is a bit of a rabbit hole. So if you're really passionate about writing headlines, I spend easily 50%, if not more of my writing time solely focused on the headlines. Uh, so actually uh, about two weeks ago, uh, we created a whole headline mastery deep dive uh, video course in the membership. If this is something that you're like, this is a, this is a pain point for me. I really want to improve this. I really want to learn how to write uh, better headlines. I want to understand how all these pieces work. I want to go down the rabbit hole. That's there for you. We're going to cover a lot of the, the basics here, but if, um, if you want to continue down the rabbit hole, it's there for you as well. All right, let's do it. Let's start with the kind of the number one principle, which I think about every single day and Cole, you do a great job explaining it, but it's clear versus clever. And so this to me is if, if, you take away one thing, we put it as rule number one because this is the most common mistake and it's the easiest one to fix. You can very clearly look at whatever two atomic essays you grabbed already and ask, am I trying to be clever with this headline? If you are, you're done for. And it feels like, oh, 
uh, I remember I've done this a ton. I was like, I need to add a little twist to the headline. The reader needs to know that I, I'm, I'm interesting. I, I do things this way. And nope, they were confused and they never read a single thing I wrote again. Right. So again, this one is internalized is clever, clear over clever. Um, just idea. Any, anytime you're trying to go for the gimmick, it's like you should have a bodily feeling like this is the mistake. I'm trying to do something and you're thinking, oh, I'm being so creative. You're not, you're being confusing. The reader doesn't know, right? And this is, I love this example, right? Is like, I saw the question about uh, fiction. I, fiction writers, I know, I studied fiction in college, okay? I, my degree is in fiction writing, if you can believe that. Fiction writers, especially storytellers, people that love expressive writing, always err on the side of clever. They write a headline like the dream brigade, like alone in the wilderness, you know, M moonlit on ninth street, <sighs> you know, and you're like, I have no, idea. I don't know if this is a murder mystery. I don't know if this is like a whodunit. I don't know if this is an action. I don't know if this is a thriller, right? The reader doesn't know. And because they don't know, they're confused. And because they're confused, they're gone. That's, that's a problem, right? And so all of a sudden the headline, if you, the content can be very similar, but what our dreams tell us about who we are completely changes the conversation. The reader goes, oh, I'm interested in knowing what our dreams tell us about who we are. You're giving me the answer. I want to read this. So it's not just, this is not just like, a, oh, this is for sales copywriters only. No, no, no. Go study the New York Times bestseller list. Go look at the best fiction on earth. There's a reason why certain books and essays catch fire. It's because of the way that the headline is presented. Yeah, and nothing really to add there, but it's a goes back to our fundamental of the readers confused they're gone and so use that lens is this so clever that the reader says ah i have about a two second consideration span i don't know what you're talking about i'm gone yep and just i just want to reiterate here like if you're feeling, I'm reading the chat, right? Every time we do this session, there's always the, oh man, like this was me, you know? Guilty, and, right? And guilt, guilty is charged, right? I went through it, Dickie went through it, right? We all go through this, okay? And the takeaway here is not everything I've done up to this point is worthless and I either need to go delete it all or I need to go change it all, right? This is just the line in the sand there's, there's you before this session, there's you after this session and change, pivot, grow and move forward. Don't feel the need to go retroactive. That, that's a great point. And the reason we do this on day 11 is because you have 19 more days, 19 more headlines to write. You get to put this into practice now. Don't worry about what you've done in the past. We're rewriting two of them so you get a sense for it. But you got tomorrow's essay. It's like, boom, I'm going to write a tremendous headline based on exactly what I learned. And that's what's so unique about what we do is because you don't have to wait a week. You get to do it tomorrow. That's exactly right. Okay. This is probably the, the, uh, the next biggest mistake. The most common one is this goes back to not explaining the outcome. Okay. So the outcome or the promise that you're making the reader is really important. And the key is getting really specific 
about what outcome you're focusing on. Without question, the biggest learning curve that writers end up going through is when you first start writing, you kind of think in generalities. You think like, you know, I'm writing about how to build good habits, right? And then over time, what you notice is you're really moving out of how do I build good habits to more and more specific examples of how do I build good habits when I'm, you know, st stuck in an unhealthy relationship? How do I build good habits when I have too much on my plate? How do I build good habits, right? The more, the more specific you get, the more the reader can see themselves in it and they go, oh, that's exactly what I'm experiencing. That is what I, I resonate with. So here, notice the difference between kind of big, broad, how to make more money, right? We don't, the reader doesn't know, are, are you going to talk about saving? Are you going to talk about stocks? Are you going to talk about asking for a raise, right? And, and again, because the reader's a little confused, the reader goes, ah, I don't know if this is worth my time. All of a sudden, the reader is so much more emotionally connected when you say, you know, how to make more money and stop beating yourself up for losing it. Oh, this is a piece where we're going to talk more about the emotional component of money. Got it. This is what I was interested in. So it's all about being specific. And again, you're fighting that urge of, no, 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 I'm trying to write something for everyone. No, you write something for everyone. You write something for no one. You want to be hyper-specific. My goal every time I write is I want one reader to sit there and have their brain just explode and have them be like, I woke up today and this essay was written for me. That's my goal. Because if you can do that for one person, you can do it for 10, 10 to 100, 100 to 1,000, et cetera. Yeah. We're going to talk about kind of named frameworks for some of these on Friday. We have some good ones, uh, like the one shift rule, pinpoint writing, and they all kind of focus around this idea of writing for one person. And when you write your headline and you can specifically target it to one person to solve one specific problem, that's when you really start to say something different, say something unique, and say something that resonates with the readers. So we'll dig into those exact frameworks on Friday. That was a little sneak peek with the, uh, what you just said. Yeah, there's some great, really, really easy frameworks. Um, it's just a lot to cram into one session, but there's some really easy frameworks we're going to share on Friday. Okay, number three, and then we're going to do a little, a little break after this and see, get a sense for which, which one of these people feel like they're, they most resonate with. Not showing the transformation. Okay, one of my favorite book titles ever. Um, it's actually not one of my favorite books, but I, the book title is a masterclass. Okay, the four hour work week, right? The full title is the four hour work week, escape nine to five, live anywhere and join the new rich. What most people, you know, you kind of gloss over it. Like the average person just goes, oh, that's a really clever title. No, it's not. It's not clever at all. It's extremely clear about what you're going to get in return for reading it, right? And you look at these three pieces. There's three pieces here. Escape nine to five, where you, where you are in the beginning, right? Live anywhere as you begin the transformation and join the new rich. You have completed the transformation. You're on the other side. And this happens very subconsciously for readers. They look at that and they go, this is where I am. This is where I want to get to. And this is where I want to end up. And when you have that in your headline, when you show that full arc of the transformation, the reader really sits there and goes, oh my gosh, I, I want to go on this journey with you. But instead, what most people do is they come up with a headline and then they only say the end, right? They only go, you know, and 
Here, here's how uh, I became a millionaire, right? Here's how I successfully quit my job and adopted 20 dogs and, you know, live my best life. But the headline becomes so much more potent when you give it a beginning, right? When I was 23, I was broke working in an advertising agency. And by the time I was 30, I was a millionaire, right? Like when you show that whole transformation in one headline, the reader then can see the whole journey and they go, oh, I, I want to go on this because you're showing me the before and after. So the before and after is what gets people's attention. Yep. Nothing, nothing really to add on this one, but again, you're painting a picture of here's where the reader is now. Here's where they're going to be. And your content is what gets them there. Yep. Before and afters as a small side note, before and after is like one of the greatest content frameworks on the internet. People love, think about anytime you see a thread or a YouTube video or anything with like a before and after picture, right? You're like, I, I'm not even interested, but now I am. Now I want to see how this happened, right? So these before and after, the before and after framework is a really fun one. Okay, so let's, let's pause. We've got a couple more, but of these first three, which are the ones that you find yourself struggling with the most? I mean, is it, I can go back through, you know, is it this clever versus clear? Is that, is that the thing? I mean, that usually ends up being the most popular one, but is it clever versus clear? Is it, you know, you still need to work on twisting the knife a bit. You need to be more specific with the outcome or is it not showing the transformation? You know, it's like you talk about the good times, but you don't talk about the bad times. You're not really bringing the reader along the entire arc of the journey. All right, let's do a quick rewrite. I'm going to set a three minute timer. Take one of the essays that you've written, take your headline, rewrite it using one of these three frameworks. So whatever you just learned, whether it was, I wasn't twisting the knife. I wasn't, I was being clear or clever. So wait, don't put it in the chat just yet. I'm going to set a three minute timer, maybe two minutes and keep it quick. And then we go. So it's 7.30, two minutes. We're going to go. And I'm going to find one of mine and see how, if we could do it as well. Awesome. This will work because you'll see I actually put this one into practice and I'll show you what my headline was before this. Or this is actually a really good clear versus clever example. So I'll start with mine. I wrote one. I'm going to share it. It's called, I call it pinpoint writing. And it's one of the frameworks we're going to share on Friday. So pinpoint writing how to start solving specific problems for specific readers. Now, clear versus clever, cl clever would have just been pinpoint writing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would have said, I don't know what that means next, but I add a colon and I say, how to start solving specific problems for specific readers. So how to, what they're getting out of it, what they're gonna be able to do, start solving specific problems for specific readers. Anyone who struggles to target a reader to feel like they're not saying the right thing is going to read that and say, oh man, that resonates with me. And it was, it was one of my most popular atomic essays because it laid out a very clear um, 
framework. And I put it in the chat there if anyone wants to read it. We'll talk about it on Friday. But this, this brings up a really great point. And it's, it's a little bit more of an advanced thing. We talked about it in the headline mastery rabbit hole, but since we're on the topic is if you're ever, you know, if you're ever really in that mood, right. You're like, I want to, I want to hint at a little bit of clever something. Okay. The only time that it works is when you have it first. So here Dickie's using it as like a naming and claiming, right. You're calling it something. And then you have the colon and then you have the clear headline on the other side of it, right? Like the book Atomic Habits, right? If it was just called Atomic Habits, it would be a dud book. What makes the book is the second part of the title, which is an easy and proven way to break bad habits and build good ones or something like that, right? The subtitle is what tells you what it is. So that combination can be really powerful. All right, drop in the chat one of your rewritten headlines and we'll take a look, see who put it into practice. So give us a before and after. So what it was before, what it was after, and we'll workshop a few of them. So here, I just see this first one. Uh, Susan put in how thinking more as an entrepreneur can make you a fortune. Okay, great, we've got the pieces right? We've got the, what is this about? Who is this for? And what are you going to get in return, right? Where there's room for improvement is you see how thinking more, right? Anytime you see the word more or better, sit there and question what it is you're actually saying. More and better tend to be like the first version. They tend to be the things that we settle on real quick. So here I would push it even more specific, right? How thinking about XYZ as an entrepreneur can make you a fortune. Here's a really good one. The myth of hard work versus how working hard is actually keeping you from accomplishing your dreams. So there's the improvement. I think you could get a lot more specific with how how you're working hard, like, is it you're spending too much time? You're not using enough leverage, right? We can we can improve that, but you see how you're you're telling the reader what they're actually getting. I'm gonna just pick some more. Here's the a great one. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, the before goals get too much hype, and the after, right? Goals get too much hype. Okay, right? That's what the reader says. Okay, and then the after, how goals keep you from savoring everyday moments. Mm. Okay, great. Now we know what we're getting out of it. Let's yes. give this a read. Kwame, so good. Three books to level up your photography versus three photography books that will help you take more pictures you'll be proud to share. Yes, right there. That, that's a zero to one. Level up, clever. I don't know what that means. More pictures I want to share. Excellent. Stoic advice on getting unstuck. Feeling stuck, question mark, this 2,000-year-old letter helped me with the toughest decision of my life. Boom. Amazing. You do this, you do this in seconds. That's amazing. This is, this is without question one of the biggest zero-to-one moments for writers. And the moment I started taking my headlines more seriously, everything changed. So here's a, here's a pretty good one. The T-shaped engineer before versus the way software engineers can stand out from their peers. I think you get a little more specific with explaining how software engineers can stand out by 
blank and blank is what a t-shaped engineer does mm -hmm. um and then or you could do the colon thing the t-shaped engineer colon how to stand out by blank right yep good good i like clever will be a total mindset shift good we like to so see the and, and I just want to point out, right, the first few times you do this, if this is like your first time ever even thinking about pieces of headlines and, and things like that, it's going to feel clunky. It's going to feel formulaic. If anyone here has ever played a musical instrument, you know, I played classical piano all growing up, right? It's like the first time you try and play chords or do a scale on the piano. Your fingers are like, what is, I don't understand, right? That's how it feels when you start using these techniques. But over time, your headlines won't feel as clunky and all of a sudden they'll really, you'll really get to the heart of what is it that I'm trying to say. So push through the clunkiness in the beginning and then the whole game changes. All right. I think that's enough for the first rewrite. Hopefully you've done some. We'll go all through right, some common mistakes too on Friday. I yeah. think a lot of people then, a lot of people, they, they see this framework and they go, oh my goodness, my new headline's got to be 40 words. I got to describe everything. And so that's where you're going to err after this session. You're going to say, I got to write all this in my headline. So it's a balancing act for sure, but we'll get there. So don't worry about that. Yep. Um, and also just this question in the chat, right? Do you do headline first or last? Um, if you can train, again, I used to do my headlines last and it was really tough, but if you can train your brain to really think through the headline first, you can nail the headline, the content writes itself. Mm -hmm. The headline should be so specific that you're like, I know exactly what the next 300 words are going to look like. So that's really the goal here. Yeah. Your headline should make it easier for you to write because you, yes. it's so clear who it's for and what problem you're solving that you're just talking at that point. It's like, I know this information I know what they're looking for. I just put it out there. Yep. So here's, we'll go through a couple more uh, common mistakes that happen. Um, this is a big one is giving away the answer in the headline. So whenever you give away the answer in the headline, you know, when I was writing for Inc. Mag, I wrote for Inc. Magazine for a couple of years and we called this the curiosity gap, right? You, you want to leave enough room where the reader goes, ah, I need to, I need to click to find out the answer, right? That doesn't mean it's clickbait. That means it's no different than you watching the first scene of a movie, right? And it looks like, somebody's about to get murdered and then the screen goes black and then it starts back at the beginning of the journey, right? You're like, oh, I'm hooked, right? That's the purpose of it. So here, notice the difference between one headline, feeling anxious, drink green tea instead of coffee. Well, you just gave the reader the headline or the answer in the headline. They don't need to read it now. They just, they just go, oh, if I'm feeling anxious, I should just drink green tea instead of coffee. We, we do this with news all the time, right? News accidentally gives us the answer in the headline. You don't read the article. Then you tell your friend, hey, do you hear this thing's happening? And then your friend's like, oh, where did you read that? And you're like, I don't know. I just saw the headline in my newsfeed, right? You don't want to give the full answer in the headline because then the reader doesn't, you don't have the reader's attention versus feeling anxious. Instead of drinking coffee, try this instead, right? And again, as long as the content lives up to the promise, it's not clickbait. You're, you're hooking the reader's attention successfully and you're taking them on a journey. So be careful of when you're constructing your headline, right? You want to create that curiosity gap. That's what makes the reader fall down the rabbit hole. Here's another big one is uh, using too niche of language. So this is very common in 
especially heady industries, um, you have to kind of make this choice of how big of an audience am I trying to go for? And that usually comes down to what sort of language you choose, right? So if you're writing about blockchain, for example, and you say, you know, why zero knowledge proof algorithms will change the world? Well, there's a very small number of people on planet earth who know what zero knowledge proof algorithms are or even care about them, right? So you already kind of have to be part of a small group in order to see this headline and go, this is something that I'm interested in. So if it's specifically for those people, then using niche language is a good choice. If you're trying to get a little, a little wider of an audience, right? You want more people to come in. You want to broaden the language a little bit. You say, why blockchain technology will change the world? Oh, okay. Well, the average reader who's interested in blockchain goes, that's approachable. I'm interested in that, right? So whenever possible, especially if you're writing in like really deep domain expertise, you really want to be careful not to go too niche where you're alienating people, right? You want to open, you want to keep it just wide enough where it's approachable. Yeah, not too much to add on this one because it's super specific, but you'll see if you've made this mistake before. Yeah. Number six, okay, I love this one. Uh, not telling the reader how to feel. All right, so just notice the difference between these two. Uh, headline number one, I just ate three tubs of ice cream. And headline number two, I just ate three tubs of ice cream. Here are all the reasons I love myself. If you don't tell the reader how to feel, right? You read that first headline and you're like, I don't know where this is going. And again, if the reader's confused, they're gone. So if the reader doesn't know, is this going to be a happy story? Is this going to be an empowering essay? Or is this going to be a negative essay? Is this going to be a criticism essay? right? If they don't know how to feel about it, they're probably not going to read. So you need that second component of here's, here's where all of this is going to go. Here's the emotion that you can expect from all of this, right? Is this motivating or is this demoralizing? It's really important that the reader understands which one of those it is. Yeah, this one to me, it's think about how this changes of here's all the reasons I love myself. Here's what it told me about my relationship with food. Here's how I'm bouncing back the next day, right? So many different angles that, again, force the reader to make a choice if they're interested in that topic. Yeah. And that's, that's ultimately what you're going for. You want the reader to feel like they can make an informed decision of, is this what I want or isn't this what I want? And the more that they can make that informed decision, the more of the readers that you're looking for are going to read your material. But the, but the less that the reader feels like they can make an informed decision, the more it just feels vague or they're confused, you're really just optimizing for, I don't know what this is, and so I'm not going to give you my attention. And then mistake number seven, uh, it's always a good one to end on, is settling for a weak promise. So weak promises are where it's like you, you have the right pieces, but it just didn't get pushed far enough. So here, this sleep tracking device will give you more energy. It's like, it's like okay, like all the pieces are there, right? Like you know what it's about. You know who's, who it's for. You, you know what you're going to get in exchange for reading it. 
but there's nothing that's really, there's no twisting of the knife, right? It just, it fell short versus this sleep tracking device will make you feel like Sonic the Hedgehog on Adderall, right? You're really pushing, right? And it's the more that you can push, the more that you can get specific about the emotion of it, right? It's not just, you know, do these three things to start making money, right? Oh, that's a weak promise. It's way, it's way more, it's way more potent. If you say, do these three things to start making money, live wherever you want to live on planet earth and welcome the love of your life into your life. Right. I mean, like the more you can keep pushing, what else does the reader get? What else does the reader get? That's, that's what draws them in. It's a, and again, if you, this isn't clickbait if you deliver on it, right? If you make up a lie and it's, here's, this one drink will make you feel like Sonic the Hedgehog and you're like a nice fresh cup of coffee, right? Yeah. And have it in the morning, put some cream in it, right? People are yeah. gonna be like, what? No, that, that was clickbait. But if you deliver a, a full energy stack of stack these three things, this is optimized for this, that, and the other thing, right? It's a completely different ball game and people are going to do it. They're going to feel like Sonic the Hedgehog and they say, that wasn't a lot. Wow. Now I'm going to go read more of their stuff. But you, you can see how it's just making a promise and delivering on it. Yeah. So of these four, what are, what are the ones that resonate most? You know, do you find yourself giving away the answer in the headline using too niche of language, you know, especially if you're reading in tech, things like that? not reader how to feel or settling for a weak promise you know are there any that really resonate and just things that jump out you go oh, i could do that a little bit better yeah not telling the reader how to feel plays out a ton i'm always asking myself that hmm. all four all seven right i think a lot of people all the it's okay here's the thing this is why you're here you're here because you yeah. didn't know that these were frameworks to use, right? No one tells you that this is how it works. And so if you're feeling like, damn, every headline I've ever written has broken one of these rules, that's a good thing. Like you should be happy that you figured that out now versus five years later, you're like, wow, I've been making the same mistake forever. And I just, I just want to point out, right? Again, what makes this such a zero to one moment is now that you're aware of this, you're going to see it everywhere. Go spend, after this session, go spend five minutes. Hopefully you don't get sucked down a 50-minute rabbit hole. Uh, go spend five minutes scrolling through TikTok. Then spend five minutes scrolling through YouTube. Then spend five minutes scrolling through the front page of the New York Times. Every platform, you are going to see the same mechanisms used over and over and over again, right? TikTok video, three steps to accomplishing this that will unlock this, right? YouTube video, it's, it's New York Times, it is all the same. So really the, the idea here is not just, it's not just about being a better writer. It's also about being a better reader and being understanding of how all of this works. And then the whole combination of all of that is what makes you a better writer because you're more aware of what's happening around you. Yes, yeah, work subject, emails. Subject lines of work emails. I, now whenever I send something, I don't send, here's a breakdown. I'll say three quick ideas to better implement X. Yes. 
right? And once you start to see people do that with their work emails, you're like, thank you. I know not to archive this because, you know, some quick thoughts, right? That you see a lot as a subject line or other stupid things like that, where you're like, wow, now I have to read it to know what it's about. I can't even skip it. So this goes far beyond just atomic essays and Twitter threads, right? It's everything yeah. you write. And when you see, I just, again, uh, Yvonne, I see pointing it out in the chat, right? You go read the New York Times, you read the Atlantic and, and writers and readers say all the time, oh no, see these headlines over here? No, these are in a completely different league. No, they're not. They're the exact same frameworks, just executed a bit more eloquently. But it's there's still a curiosity gap, right? They're still finding a way to twist the knife. They're still being clear, not clever, right? They're all these same things. They're just executed with a little bit more finesse. So we're starting at the very beginning. We're giving you the building blocks. And then over time, you can get better and better. Hmm. All right, you got a few minutes for questions if you want to drop some. So Friday's workshop, what we're going to do is introduce some frameworks you can kind of tangible, uh, tangibly grasp onto about writing. So think of this as your headline writing toolkit. I saw a question that was like, how do I use all these? You don't. This is like a Swiss army knife of, oh, I'm writing this. Which one of these should I use? Which one of these am I falling for? Um, and then it's going to be a bunch of examples on Friday. So what we'll do, we did this for the last session, had people submit their content buckets and we could go through. This one will have, you can submit questions and also submit a headline that you think could be reworked and we'll rewrite it live on Friday. Yeah, I've seen this question a couple of times in the chat, um, how to balance headlines versus the lead-in tweet on Twitter. Um, we'll get more into Twitter specific things and, and lead in tweets a bit later, but the way to, this is like the headline of the piece. The lead in tweet is kind of like the short summary of what the reader is going to get. In many ways, it ends up kind of mirroring the arc of the headline, but it's just executed a little bit differently. But ultimately, yeah, it's essentially like a longer summary of the headline. Um, Dickie, what do you think, uh, for Friday's workshop, just use the ship 30 hashtag and we'll pull from Twitter. Uh, well, no, we'll do when you submit your questions in the replay email to this, there'll be a quick form. You can submit okay. your question and a headline that you want rewritten. Cool. Awesome. All right. Let's do a couple more, uh, headline rewrites. So we're going to do 15, 20 minutes here, quick breakout room, get a chance to meet a few other shippers as well. For anyone that can stick around, you're going to share your headline, talk about what you would do differently, what thing you're potentially falling for, and then look to rewrite it. So we'll go around the room, about five minutes a person. We'll do groups of four, so we'll give it 20 minutes, and we'll share um, a quick recap of the frameworks just so you have them if you want. Um, Daniel, do you want to drop the link to the slides? Do you have it? If not, we're good. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll send it around so you have the slides handy, but you're going to rewrite a few of them, and we'll see you in 20 minutes. So will um, anyone hop out who can't stick around, but then we'll...